Thank you for tuning in to Locked On Mariners. Here's your host, D.C. Lundberg. Thank you very much, J.M. Locked On Mariners has returned after a day off, and we're actually going to talk about baseball today. Isn't that odd? Anyways, we are brought to you by Rock Auto. Remember to download, rate, and subscribe to Locked On Mariners on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, or whichever podcasting app that you personally care to use. Uh, ask your smart device to play a Locked On Mariners podcast. Follow the program on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. And follow me on Twitter as well, gang, at DC underscore Lundberg. That is L-U-N-D-B-E-R-G for those scoring at home. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, I want to say a few things before we get into today's show. I'm not oblivious to what's going on across the country. I'm choosing not to cover it, though, for several reasons. This is a baseball show, not a newscast. Every news outlet that there is is covering this. It is everywhere. And I hope that this program can serve as an escape and a refuge from everything and that you can forget about life's problems for 15, 20, 25 minutes at a time. Again, this is a baseball show, and baseball is supposed to be fun. And I'm a baseball guy. I'm not a newscaster or a political analyst. I try to keep this show fun, goofy, somewhat irreverent, but also informative and interesting. And that is what I'm going to continue to do my best to do. Anyways, we are going to talk about the Major League Baseball amateur draft today, or at least some of the first-round picks, including the Mariners' first-round selection. And since I know about as much as college and high school prospects as I do molecular neurobiology... Here with me to help talk about some of those draft picks is the uh, host of Locked On Anaheim Ducks and the temporary host of Locked On Angels, Jason Hernandez. Jason, how are you doing today? So I tried asking Siri to play Locked On Mariners, and I got the Rise of the Modern Mariner book for some reason. What? <laughs> I'm only kidding. Okay. Uh, but every, everything's going pretty well except for this insane heat it's a hundred degrees down here right now it is blazing hot it's blazing hot just like some players fastballs oh hmm we made the temperatures touching a hundred so are some of these pitchers arms interesting nice segue sir thank you we are going to begin by talking about the sixth overall selection in this year's draft which just happens to be the mariners pick hey imagine that the mariners uh, selected a pitcher out of the university of georgia the state not the former soviet bloc country right-hander Emerson Hancock. J.D., we were watching this portion of the draft yesterday while on the phone with each other, and you were able to help me compile the following scouting report that I posted to Twitter. 95-mile-an-hour fastball tops out at 98. Fastball, slider, curve, and change. Mixes pitches well, good off-speed stuff, very good control, smooth delivery. What do you have to add to that, J.D.? Well, first off, I love the fact that he has multiple pitches and can really change speeds when needed. Yep. As far as his pinpoint location goes, I thought he was the best pitcher in the MLB draft this year. When you talk about velocity getting up to 98, uh, what I like is he's got a little bit of torque. He's got one of the easier strides as far as draft prospects goes. Uh, as far as Emerson Hancock, he's a pretty big body. He is six. 213 pounds so a pretty big body he gets a lot of movement from his back leg and that really drives his uh, push towards the mound and towards the pitch well, another thing I like his curveball he's got one of the better curveballs in this year's draft I think there's another pitcher that has a better curveball but mm -hmm. that's just a little bit of bias there uh, Hancock he's got a bit of an attitude but he's also just got such great precision 
on his off-speed stuff. The fact that he has four pitches on him mm-hmm. says a lot. And I, I do like pitchers that can change from one pitch to another effectively. Uh, most of his pitches are rated 55 or above, so they're above average pitches. That's good. The, just based on the video that I saw yesterday, I loved his curveball. And you talked about, we both talked about his delivery a little bit and how he pushes off with his back legs so much. One thing that I was not too much of a fan of in his delivery is how his back foot crosses over his front foot in his follow-through, and his back was almost facing the hitter after he had released the ball. Not, not, right. only, not only does that not put you in good fielding position, but that could be out and out dangerous if your back is towards the hitter as the batter is striking the ball. However, in some of the other video that I saw, it wasn't as pronounced leading me to believe that that is something that they had been trying to coach out of him, and maybe that had been successful thus far. So that's a plus. Another plus, Jason, is that on Thursday, as we're, re- we're recording this on Thursday, as you're listening to this, it'll be yesterday, he was named an academic All-American. I like Emerson Hancock a lot as far as his attitude in general. He wants to get out. Yes, he does know that he will top out, but he's got good control. It's a very smooth delivery, as far as I'm concerned. He's there to get strikeouts. He's there to get outs. And he will get strikeouts any way he can. You know, slider, curve, changeup. Honestly, he's got a very good attitude. I like this pick a lot for the Mariners. And that says a lot about their farm system. The way they're building up their farm system is from within. They're utilizing those draft picks. I do like that the Mariners are trying to build up from the inside. And they're really going to focus on bringing him up, mm-hmm. keeping him there, and seeing how far he can go in the next couple of years. Some scouts are projecting that he could be MLB ready by possibly 2022. That's soon. Maybe as early as late 2021. That's a, that's a lot soon. But I, I would say a lot of scouts are saying 2022 would be the target date for him to go up to the majors. Even that's that's even asking a lot for a college pitcher, unless your name is Steven Strasburg, of course. And there are a few there are few like that around. But who knows? One you spoke about the Mariners' farm system, and then one more point I want to get to before we uh, go into halftime here, so to speak. With the um, mixing of pitches and the good control, this plays into the Mariners' philosophy, at least for their rotation of controlling the strike zone which John Miller and I talked about a little bit on last Saturday's program, I want to say, where we were talking a little bit about the Braves pitching staff, and I'm not comparing the two talent-wise because that Braves team is just so far above and beyond anything I've ever seen in my lifetime, but the approach is very similar. Control the strike zone, make pitches in the strike zone, mix pitches, movement on the pitches, and the outs will come. Very similar approach, I feel, to those 1990s Braves teams, even if the talent level is not there, Jason. I mean, I'll agree with you on that. Uh, the Braves, they just have a completely different system as far as I'm concerned. As far as what more teams are starting to stray towards, they're not going after the fireballers as much. There are still going to be teams that want that live arm that can touch 100, 101 miles an hour. They still want that, mm-hmm. despite the fact that there might be a little bit of downgrade as far as control. Yes, it's an upgrade on speed, but you're really setting yourself up for possible arm injuries because, as you've mentioned with other pitchers, you've seen other pitchers on this draft where their arm slot 
might be a little bit uh, too horizontal, mm-hmm. or there could be too much torque on an arm. As far as who the Mariners got, Hancock has a fairly easy delivery, and it's conducive to being pretty durable in the rotation. Absolutely. I mean, that's the first thing that jumped out at me when I saw the video of him yesterday. This kid's got a pretty smooth delivery. He probably is not going to have a lot of arm trouble. He doesn't have a lot of torque on his elbow, even though he does throw two breaking pitches. You know, that's the first thing that jumped out about me, that this kid may be pretty durable down the stretch. He's already got four pitchers for a college pitcher for good pitches for a college pitcher, which is unusual. And he just seems kind of... I like the pick a lot. Let's just put it that way. And with that, we'll go into the Mariners trivia question. And it is the following. On this date in 1997... The Mariners played their first ever interleague game. Who were the M's opponents that day? Answer following a word from Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry. You've got computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. One reason to repair and maintain your car is to save money that you can use later for important things such as you know, food and mortgage. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or car dealership? Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear such as airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or login. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpeting. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com Answer to the trivia question. The M's opponents in their first ever interleague game ooh, ooh, on... Ooh. Huh? You know the I answer think I to this. I know this. I think okay. I know this. Let me, let me set the stage and then let you answer. The M's first opponent in their first ever interleague game on June 12th, 1997 were who, JD? I think this came up on a recent YouTube video. I believe this was the Rockies. You are correct, sir. In that game, Rockies uh, outfielder Quentin McCracken hit into a 7-2-4-6-8 double play. I, I don't know if this clip is on YouTube or not, but, but if it is, look it up. It is hilarious. It was basically the result of two base running mistakes on McCracken's part. 
More Locked On Mariners following a word from Built Bar. What can I say about Built Bar that I have not said already? Well, there's oof, oof, eef, smaga, but that makes no sense. So I'll just reiterate that they are great-tasting protein bars made with real chocolate. A perfect snack for someone like me who knows he should eat better, but who won't sacrifice taste for nutrition. My favorite flavors are chocolate orange, chocolate peanut butter, and chocolate raspberry, though not necessarily in that order. JD, what are your favorite flavors? My favorite flavors are double chocolate mousse, obviously, and I gotta love their Built Boost as well, which I'm drinking right now. Oh, very nice. And where can the nice people go to get these great bars and drink powder? They can go to BuiltBar.com and enter promo code Locked On to get how much off their first order, DC? Well, JD, that would be $10 off their first order, I believe. And can I use this code for Built Boost as well? You can indeed. Oh, my goodness. <gasps> I know. Isn't that fantastic? Remember, that is great. Isn't it? Remember, ladies and gentlemen, the website is BuiltBar.com. Don't forget that promo code Locked On to get $10 off your first order. This film boost is delicious, by the way. Excellent. It is good stuff. I uh, I like the I like what I had. And, uh, you know, the Welcome back to Locked On Mariners. Once it, again, your host hey, you know DC Lundberg. Black cherry lemonade for the win. Yes. Oh, we're back. Uh, yes, thank you very much, JM. Locked On Mariners continues at this time. I am DC <laughs> Lundberg, your sleep-deprived host, joined by Jason JD Hernandez. Thanks again for joining us today, JD. You know, I can't believe that you didn't mention Jerry DePoto on your trivia that you talked about on the previous segment. I can't believe you forgot about Jerry DePoto. Man. Oh my gosh, you're right. Oh, <laughs> oh, I'm such an idiot. Jerry DePoto. <laughs> Jerry DePoto pitched in the first Mariners interleague game, ladies and gentlemen, for the Rockies, and it completely escaped my mind. Oh my goodness gracious! Well, that's because I'm thinking about the draft. See how I'm bringing it back around? Yeah, that's ah, good. Yeah. yeah, that's a complete lie. I'm just getting out of it somehow. In any case, we are talking about the draft on today's show, or at least you know parts of the first round of said draft. We spoke about the Mariners' first uh, pick, Emerson Hancock, in the first half of the show. Let's talk about some of the other picks, beginning with the number one overall selection, yeah, by the Tigers, and that is Spencer Torkelson. Uh, let's see. Uh, take it away, JD. Well, Torkelson is the obvious number one pick. I mean, there was no question about it. Even growing up in California, he was a top prospect in NorCal. Once he committed to Arizona State, he was just a stud up and down. Pretty big body, 6'1", 220 pounds. Monster, monster numbers. One of the best bats in the country and someone that I think could make his debut very, very quickly. As far as some of the numbers go for Spencer Torkelson, uh, he's got some pretty good numbers. He's about close to 400. I could see him hitting about 280, 290 in the majors when he mm. debuts. Well, that's great. He's got that good of a bat and that good of a swing to me. Very, very good. It's Torkelson, the obvious number one pick, just by watching MLB Network and watching the news ticker. On the bottom line, as they're playing those old games, even I knew this guy was going to be drafted number one. And like I said, I, I know about as much as the draft as I do. I don't know, pick an outlandish field of study that I've never heard of. It did not take long, JD, for the uh, baseball word, world to be surprised by a draft pick. It happened in the very second pick of the draft. And that was the Baltimore Orioles doing, of course. And they chose 
Heston Kierstad. And my scouting report on Keston Kierstad is that his picture looks like an advertisement for Crest toothpaste. What say you, JD? <laughs> oh, man. Talk about a uh, shocker there. Talk about underslotting there. Look, Kierstad was going to be your first round pick. He was projected to be kind of in the middle first round. Yeah. But, man, going number two? Yes. Really? It's the silent J that I did honest- it. It's the silent J that did it. Um, and I'm happy to have more Scandinavians in the, in the big leagues, or at least in the minors at this time. Okay. As a man named Lundberg, yes. I mean, look, Kirstad is a fine outfielder. I think he's a solid choice at number two. I don't know if I'd put him as high as number two. Uh, he was ranked number 10 overall. He was ranked to possibly be the number 12 pick with Cincinnati, but to move up to number two, maybe they saw something in him that we don't. Uh, he's a pretty solid outfielder, good outfield arm. Uh, another solid bat, but still, this one kind of baffled me a little bit. And I have to go, uh, I have to trust your opinion on this because beyond Torkelson, who was the obvious number one pick, like even a, in a bloke like me knew that he was going to go number one, I don't know anything about the other other picks. Um, uh, he uh, He's ranked here as number 10. The Orioles took him number two. One thing I saw on TV about Kierstad is that he was projected to have the best left-handed power in the draft, and maybe that's why the Orioles took him. That plays well in Camden Yards, doesn't it, JD? I guess. Or he could just be another Chris Davis. <laughs> I mean, he's he's good for power. Yes. That's the best thing about him. He's good for power. He does have a tendency to free swing at times, mm-hmm. but I could see him getting 30, 40 home runs at Camden Yards. If he makes enough contact, and maybe that 200, is. And maybe 200 strikeouts. 200, okay, yeah. that's a problem. Uh, <laughs> one more point about I, I feel bad comparing him to Chris Davis because Chris Davis is a fine ball player, but Kierstad is just power pretty much. Yeah. Another thing about Kierstad before we move on, he was drafted as an outfielder, yet he also played third base and shortstop in college. Yeah, I can see that, but he's he's an outfielder. He's, he's an a outfielder. big body outfielder. The Marlins were number three, and they also kind of baffled those at MLB Network by taking pitcher Max Meyer. JD, uh, the floor is yours. Um, I would say he's a very good pitcher. One of the better right-handed pitchers, probably just behind Emerson Hancock as far as right-handed pitchers go. <laughs> I had I had Hancock one, Meyer two as far as right-handers go. No, the Mariners got the better of that deal. Believe me, they did. Uh, look, he's got a pretty salt, a pretty live arm. He does touch very fast on the fastball, mm-hmm. which I like. He's got multiple pitches, which I like. He's got two very solid pitches, three pretty decent pitches, a fourth pitch, not so much. He's mostly a three-pitch pitcher. I do like Max Meyer in that number three pick. I think he'll be good, but I could see him being more of a reliever kind of player. That's what I think he could end up being. That would be a problem for a, for a top three pick. I mean, base, the baseball draft is so far removed from an exact science like the NBA or the NFL draft is, where those early round picks not only make it right to the big club, but they're starting. Baseball is a very, very different system. Is it possible for him to develop a fourth pitch in the minor leagues? Uh, he could. It'll take some time. Okay. But I think he could possibly develop a pitch. Uh, the other pitcher that I like, was the pick after that, Asa Lacey. Go for it. Yeah, I thought he was the best left-handed arm by far. Yes. Uh, He was ranked number three. Another superior arm, probably one of the superior arms in the draft. He's got a batting average against of only 
162. And in the aluminum bat league, that is huge. I'll also note that he has a bigger body than Max Meyer is. Max Meyer is somebody who is my height and 185 pounds. I'm six feet tall. So Max Meyer, not that, not, not that big. And uh, Lacey is 6'4", 215, which may speak to a little bit more durability. Yeah, and he's got he's got a downhill plane to him where his fastball looks like it's going to dip quite a lot. Um, when I look at his delivery, he's kind of got like a high a high arm slot. Slight, It slightly reminds me of Chris Young, Ooh. who's a tall, lanky frame, Yes, goes downhill, and has a downward motion on his pitches. That's what I kind of see a little bit. Uh, the visual his, I get for that is his Doug Fister. The visual I get for that is Doug Fister. A, a little bit. I could see that. Okay. As as far as his pitch stuff goes, his fastball is, is about mid-90s, but his off-speed stuff is amazing. Uh, his changeup does sink away a little bit. So mm-hmm. as long as he can get that pinpoint control on his changeup, yeah. I think he'll be a solid pitcher. You just described a left-handed Doug Fister. <laughs> <laughs> Although Doug Fister is six foot eight, not six foot four, but uh, Fine, we'll go with that comparison. I don't know. I, I think I like your comparison a little bit better. We'll go Doug Fister. Okay, uh, it does sound better than I think about it. Fair enough. Number five, and that by the way, uh, Asa Lacey went to the Kansas City Royals as the number four pick. The number five pick went to the Toronto Blue Jays, and that is Austin Martin. And they thought they were uh, drafting a high-end British automobile, but it turns out they got a shortstop from Vanderbilt who looks like what may happen if Dante Bichette and Eddie Van Halen somehow had a baby. Uh, what say you about <laughs> What say you about Austin Martin, JD? I'm not going to disagree with that. Uh, (laughs) Okay. Uh, He led the SEC in hitting, batting 392. He had an on-base of 486. His OPS was close to 900. One of the best pure hitters of the draft. Uh, He's got a very consistent swing about him, Mm -hmm. and he will get contact very easily. I could see him being one of the better contact hitters. He doesn't have a lot of home run power, but he has a lot of doubles power, which I think is fine for that team. I think that's fine for that team, too, especially at shortstop. Do you think he's going to stick at shortstop? Because sometimes these players who are drafted as shortstops, sometimes they wind up at second base or third base. And again, I don't know anything about these players. Is Martin a true oh, shortstop? It's funny you mentioned that. Uh, since I've been <laughs> taking over for Locked on Angels, I've been doing a lot of draft stuff. Uh, he did start off at third base. Ah. He's kind of moved around from third shortstop, even played a little bit of outfield. And he could be good in the outfield, but I think he could make a solid third baseman. He has the arm for it. Okay, okay. I don't see why he couldn't do that. He could play second base. He's got the good decision-making for that as well. So he could be anywhere in that left side of the infield, I think. So if he's got the uh, decision-making of a second baseman with a third baseman's arm, if he's rangy enough, he could make a great shortstop from what I hear. Oh, absolutely. I think his defensive metrics could be very, very good in the major leagues. That is critical for shortstop in my estimation, although it's becoming more of an offensive position over the last few years. I still think it's a defensive first position. Mariners had the sixth pick with Emerson Hancock, and I'll say one more thing about Hancock before we move on, and that actually has to do with Jerry DePoto, that they were tracking Hancock from day one and they were very happy that he fell to them at the number six position. Many of the mock drafts had the guy who the Pirates took at seven going to the Mariners at six, and that is second baseman shortstop Nick Gonzalez. I know a little bit about Nick Gonzalez just uh, from my conversations with Taylor Blake Ward because 
I think that I think he had Gonzalez going to the Mariners too. But he I'll did. but I'll let you take the lead on this too, JD. Well, Gonzalez is a very special kind of player. He's a special second baseman who has a superior uh, decision-making ability in second base and a very superior bat. Yes. Uh, one of the better bats in the draft, in my estimation, and a lot of people's estimations. Uh, he was the MVP of the Cape Cod League. Uh, he slashed 351, 451, 630. He really sprayed the batting chart where he could hit it left. He could hit it right. Uh, honestly, with how he did in the Cape Cod League, I had Nick Gonzalez as high as number five. Mm. Another thing that uh, Taylor and I spoke about is, you know, again, going back to what we were talking about with Austin Martin, what position is Gonzalez going to wind up at? Which is very poor grammar, I just realized. I apologize, ladies and gentlemen. And it kind of seems to be the consensus that he is more of a second baseman than a shortstop because his arm might be a little short for short. What say you, J.D.? Yeah, that's the difference between Austin Martin and Nick Gonzalez is Martin has the arm and Gonzalez may very well end up at shortstop or second base. That's what is likely to happen. Correct. We're going to move on to the number eight uh, selection by the San Diego Padres. Uh, First high schooler taken, it looks like, Independence High School in Tennessee, Robert Hassel III. And my scouting report on Robert Hassel III is, if baseball doesn't work out, then he's got a future as a bass singer in a doo-wop tribute band. Have you heard this guy speak? He's got the ultimate radio voice. Oh, my God. I mean, I he has the face of a 15-year-old and the voice of a polished 35-year-old DJ. I mean, his voice does not match his face. I can absolutely hear this guy singing. Get a job. You know? Get a job. Yeah, exactly. I could hear that, too. I love some doo-wop, ladies and gentlemen. I look like a metalhead. I do listen to old-school metal. I love me some doo-wop every once in a while. Great stuff. Absolutely. Um, yeah, just a, another solid bat, another great prep bat. He averaged about 500, but again, it's high school. Yep. And another high school outfielder was taken with the ninth selection by the Colorado Rockies, and that is Zach Veen, who looks like a combination of every male character on Saved by the Bell. Your analysis, JD. I will not disagree with that. I kind of want to move on to the next pick. Okay. I know a little bit about this next pick. Okay. The Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, California, either, you know, 13 Western states or whatever it is. uh, They took Louisville pitcher, Reid Detmers, I think it is, JD. (laughs) Reid Detmers. Of course. A very, very solid pick for the Angels. And for the record, I know Taylor Blake Ward on his mock draft, he had Cade Cavalli as a number 10 pick. Yeah. I predicted and I said, They'd better take Reed Detmers, and I'm so <laughs> happy they did. Yeah. Thank God. If you hear Thursday's podcast for Locked on Angels, you could hear a little bit of audio from the man himself, Reed Detmers. Yes. Okay. And my scouting report on Reed Detmers before we get to yours is that this photo that they have on MLB.com looks like a cover of Field and Stream. What say you, JD? <laughs> you know, I could kind of see that now. <laughs> So Reed Detmers, I think, has the best curveball by far in the MLB draft. Uh, If you look at some of the GIFs online where you see his wicked curve fastball, oh my god, that thing has so much filth in it, Mm -hmm. that Pigpen would be proud of it. (laughs) That's how filthy that curveball is. Nice Uh, pull, sir. Thank you. Uh, 12 to 6 curveball, it gets way up there and paints the corners. The best thing about him, he's a little bit slower. Mm Mm-hmm. If you can believe that. When you talk about control, Hancock has control. But Reed Detmers has 
ultimate control. His fastball only tops at about 95. Only 95, yeah. Only 95. His fastball average is about 90, 91. But his greatest asset is his changing of speeds. Uh, 72 to 76 mile per hour curveball. His com- his changeup has improved quite a bit. His off-speed, his slider is also very deceptive. But the best thing is his control and command by far. It's not even close. And if you want to hear some audio from Reed Detmers, once again, check out Locked on Angels, where I kind of mentioned this a little bit, where Reed Detmers had a fantastic, fantastic quote where he says, I just want to throw strikes. That's it. And this is a direct quote from Reed Detmers uh, to Al Leiter. Quote, I'm not trying to light up Raider guns out there. All I'm trying to do is locate all of my pitches. End quote. And he kind of goes on a little bit about that on the uh, media conference call, the post-draft conference calls. Yeah, he's he knows that the media is going to get on him by the speed, and he says, no, forget that. Command. It's all about command. It's, all, it's about getting outs. That's what he's all about. Uh, the other great thing about Detmers, and I know you would like this personally, yes. is his attitude of getting players out. He does go deep into games. Mm. He's got an even easier stride than Emerson Hancock. You thought Hancock had an easy stride, which he does, by the <laughs> By the way, oh yeah, Reed Detmers is even smoother than that. Detmers is 6'2", 210 pounds. His arm slot is about three quarters, not very much torque at all. His delivery is very effortless, and I know you saw a video of this as well. Yes, as far as the effortless delivery goes, I did. Um, he makes ninety look like ninety five just because of the slight movement at the tail end of his fastball. It's almost like a tailing cutter. I like the video I saw on this kid a lot. Oh, absolutely. The durability is going to be massive for the Angels because, as I've mentioned, they had a ton of injuries last year. You know, J.C. Ramirez got hurt. Yep. Griffin Canning got hurt. You had the Tyler Skaggs tragedy last year. Mm-hmm. The Angels were so short on pitching that they could always use more pitching. There's even a projection that Reed Detmers, if needed, could play next year as a call-up because... A lot of people are saying that he's almost MLB ready as it is. That is amazing. He's a college junior. He was not a senior this year. Yeah, college junior. Uh, Obviously, he's got some polishing to do as far as some very slight delivery stuff. But he says he's already very good with his command, and he feels like his commands could be even better. That's scary. That is terrific. If he wants to work at command, this guy also gets how to pitch and how to be successful. That gives me high hopes for this kid. Yeah, it's a really bright future for Reed Detmers and very solid pick by the Angels. I I think he was one of the better pitchers out there. Probably one of the top two left-handed pitchers. And obviously, the Mariners getting a top right-handed pitcher. I mean, it's a good draft for both teams that we're covering right now. That is fantastic. On that note, JD, we're going to take a break here, you know, for a day or so and come back tomorrow and uh, focus on the rest of the first round. Where can people find you on Twitter, sir? They can find me at StimpyJD, which is Stimpy, like the cartoon from Nickelodeon. Yep. JD. And you can also find me at Locked on Anaheim Ducks. The Twitter for that is L O underscore Ducks. And you can find Locked on Angels by searching for Locked on Angels. I'm doing double duty this week. I've got Locked on Angels this week. I've got Locked on Ducks this week. I'm doing your show this week. So that's triple Ooh. duty, basically, because you're doing a lot of the heavy lifting on my show. 
I'm hosting way too much these days. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is you're not necessarily hosting this program, but you know, so I, I, anyways, next time uh, JD will be with me next time on Locked On Mariners, and we will be joined by guest panelists Officer Bill Gannon, Guy Smiley, and a Bracken Fern. The five of us will continue to break down the remainder of the first round of the Major League Baseball amateur draft in the meantime please remember to download rate and subscribe to locked on mariners on google podcast apple podcast spotify stitcher radio or whichever podcasting app that your brain head can think of follow the show on twitter at lo underscore mariners and follow me on twitter as well at dc underscore lundberg see you next time awesome 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 i think i'm gonna take a day break and maybe do some crocheting Ooh, that's that's a little segue into tomorrow's show hmm hmm This is Joey Martin speaking for Locked On Mariners. Ask your smart device to play Locked On MLB upon the conclusion of this program.